Hello, as you may know, my name is Eddie Garcia Solis. I'm from San Bernardino. I was born in Mexico City, but I was raised in San Bernardino, California. Well, after hearing the children's message, I was I was about to say, let's turn the lights off and let's go home. I mean, that was that was such a great message. That was the gospel. But you get to hear a little more of the gospel. Let me pray for you um, and for me, so the Lord may be with us today. Heavenly Father, thank you that we're able to come to you. Uh, that there's nothing on the way because Jesus Christ removed everything. And we're able to come to your presence by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I ask you that you may be with us today. That our hearts worship you in thankfulness. Because we're always able to come to the throne of mercy. We ask you this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. As a punishment for hiding persecuted Jews during World War II, two Christian sisters, they were incarcerated in a concentration camp. During the day, they were tormented by the guards, and at night, they were tormented by the fleas in their bunk bed. One of their sisters, her name was uh, Betsy, she was reading from a smuggled Bible. And she was reading for Paul, give thanks to God in all circumstances. So she started doing so. She started praying for the soup, which was not even close to being a soup. And then she started giving thanks for the fleas. That's when the other sister, Curry, stopped her and said, Betsy, there's no way that even God could make me grateful for a flea. So Curry, uh, so Betsy stopped her and said, and said the following, Give thanks in all circumstances. It doesn't say in pleasant circumstances. Fleas are part of this place where God has put us. We can say that last year was full of fleas for us. But what is certain about last year is that it has shown us that we have a great problem. And that problem is ingratitude. It's rare to find someone giving thanks to the Lord. I mean, just for the simple fact that we didn't go through this year alone. We were always able to come to His presence and ask for mercy and take refuge in Him. You see, I think the problem of ingratitude is that we're so worried about going back to normality. Our hearts and minds, they say, well, there's no time right now to, to give thanks to the Lord. Let me go back to normality. Let me go back when everything used to be, and then I, I will have time to give thanks to the Lord. In the end, I think we're like curry. There's no way that even God can make me grateful for this. And you see, at the core, ingratitude, it's a problem of worship. Because gratitude goes hand in hand with worship. This is what our story is about. It's more than Jesus healing 10 lepers. It's about Jesus approaching sinners and on his way removing everything, all the barriers that prevent us for us worship with thankfulness. Even in the midst of the fleas of life. 
So for today, remember this, because Christ has drawn near you. Worship him with thankfulness. Because Christ has drawn near you. Worship him with thankfulness. I'm going to divide the, the sermon in three parts. First, I want to see Christ drawing near. And then second, Christ makes you draw near him. And finally, Christ, uh, draw near Christ by worshiping with thankfulness. So first let's see Christ drawing near. You see, the Samaritans, the group that we're talking about, the Samaritans identify themselves as the true worshipers of the Old Testament. They claim that their place, it was the right place of worship, Mount Gerizim, and not the temple in Jerusalem as the Jews claim to be. From a conversation Jesus has with a Samaritan woman, we know that the Jews were right. It was down in Jerusalem. But that a time was coming when worship could only happen in a new place. And that is in Jesus Christ. Although the Jews were right about the location, they elevated that idea to the point that it blinded them. I mean, to the extent that when they saw the real place of worship, that is Jesus Christ, they rejected him. Speaking of Jerusalem, eight chapters ago, from where we are, Jesus has decided that it was time for him to go down to Jerusalem and suffer his crucifixion. So, while traveling in the border of Samaria, he entered a village in the outskirts of the city. Perhaps it was a community made out of exilers and lepers, because that's where they live in the outside of the city. And that's where we are in verse 12. And he says, as he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance. You see, the reason why the lepers are standing here at a distance, and the reason they got expelled from the city, it was not public safety, but rather, it had religious purposes. Biblical leprosy, it was different from what we consider today leprosy. In those days, it was more like a scaly skin disease. It was not contagious. One example that I can give you, it will be the Syrian, the Syrian general Naaman in the Old Testament. He suffered leprosy, but he lived with his wife. And the wife never got infected. He was in charge of the army, and none of the army was infected. So leprosy was not contagious, but it did affect the religious life of the Israelites. And that is because there was something that's called the ceremonial laws, or the laws of the temple, regarding the temple. And you see, this disease will make you and anyone near you unclean or unfit from participating in any religious activity in the temple. This is why the lepers got expelled from the city because they were 
They were disqualified and will disqualify anyone near them from attending the temple. So we can say that leprosy was a barrier to worship in the temple. The lepers, although they have to stand far back, they know that Jesus has drawn near. So after experiencing being exiled from the community and the family, you can, you can feel the scream to which they scream Jesus in verse 13. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. The, Jesus, the, the, the lepers call Jesus Master. This is just a title for someone that is superior to you, but is not God. And so this point of the story, none of the lepers have recognized Jesus as God. Probably a prophet, but not God. Jesus, instead of healing them instantly, as he has done with other lepers, he sent them to the priest. Since leprosy had to do with worship, the priests were, were in charge of ensuring who can be in the temple. So they will have to examine you if you got healed to see that you're able to come back. If you got healed, they will place you on an eight-day quarantine for purification. Until, until verse 14, we haven't been told by Luke that one of them, it's a Samaritan. But we know that from the story. And you can imagine the struggle that it was happening on, on, on the mind of this Samaritan, right? He believes that the true place of worship is Jerusalem. Going to Jerusalem with the rest, it was against his beliefs, but he still does. And that's where we are in the second part of the story, where Christ makes him draw near him. Being healed from leprosy, it doesn't make your life automatically happy-clappy, right? I mean, just after, after any trauma or recovering from cancer or from a long-time disease, your life automatically doesn't become to normal. Sometimes this person may have bitterness to God, right? Why did I go through this? In the life of these lepers, they still have to go back and recover their families. They have to go back and recover their jobs. And of course, as with any disease, there's always the fear of relapse. All these voices of fear, bitterness, and the desire to get to Jerusalem ASAP to recover everything they have lost, it probably silenced the, the hearts of the nine lepers heading towards Jerusalem. You can probably see in their hearts, there's no way that even God can make me grateful for a flea. But you see, the Samaritan had the same questions and the same voices, and you probably have the same fears and questions if you've been through something like this. But notice how in the midst of them, 
Worship changes his perspective about life. Read verse 15 with me. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back praising God with a loud voice. The Samaritan understood, this Samaritan understood what the Jews, what a few Jews, what a few Samaritans, and even us do. Seek his kingdom, and all things will be added to you. The Samaritan returns because he knows that the person who drew near him when he was at his lowest point was not a prophet, but the king himself. You may be wondering, the ceremonial laws, they were so strict. They weren't. That was their intention. These laws were so strict because they want the Israelites to think that there was something wrong in this world that doesn't let you worship freely. And that we need a better way to worship besides the temple. We need a place where we can worship freely. And that place is Jesus Christ. So the goal of this laws was for people to take refuge in Jesus. This Samaritan understands that he has a bigger problem than his leprosy that is not letting him worship freely, and that is his sin. So that's why he returns. And he returns now, not from standing afar, but he gets close to Jesus. Have you noticed that this miracle surpasses the perfection of even the finest watchmaker? That even the smallest detail in this miracle gears to perfection? Read the second part of 14 and 15 with me and says, And as they went back, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. Did you notice the details? This miracle had to happen at the right distance. Jesus is traveling. If this miracle happens a few miles later, by the time the Samaritan goes back, probably Jesus will have moved. He will be, he will be not able to find Jesus. If this miracle happens in front of the priest, they will hold the Samaritan or quarantine or even get arrested if they know that Jesus is the one that healed him. So he will have missed Jesus. This miracle takes place at the right distance so that he may be able to go back and meet his Savior. Because that's what the Savior wants for him to draw near. We have a king. You have a king whose every action is perfect to the smallest detail. This is why we can worship God and be grateful to Him. Because as Betsy Tedboom said, even the fleas are part of this plan. In the case of the sisters Tedboom, their barack, their jail cell, it was so infested with fleas 
that the guards, they were so afraid to get in. So since the guards never got in to the jail cell, they never found their Bible. They were able to keep their Bible while they were in the concentration camp. You see, we have a king who we can trust and worship because he has everything down to the smallest detail. At times, like this last year, his ways may seem mysterious, but they still are his ways. This is when the, this is when the Latinos church, they say, Amen. Everybody. So, I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> you see, when the Samaritan followed the rest of Jerusalem, I'm sure the other nine lepers knew that he was Samaritan. And they were probably thinking, you know, they were probably thinking, oh, he's making the right decision. A Samaritan is making the right decision. He understands that the right temple is in Jerusalem. They were probably proud. But now when he heals, he gets healed, and he decides to return, they were probably thinking, look at this guy, he's going back to his fake mountain. But probably, but to their surprise, the Samaritan bypasses the fake mountain. This Samaritan understand what Jesus told the Samaritan woman, that the time has come when Jesus will be the only true place of worship. And that's where he goes, at the feet of Jesus. You see, when the leper was approaching Jesus, you can probably hear from one side the Jews that were probably insulting him. And probably from the other side, the Samaritans were calling him a traitor by kneeling in front of a Jew. And you can see probably the voices from the Samaritan's heart. He was probably thinking, before I was far away, I was standing at a distance, but now I'm getting close. You see, probably the, all the voices around the Samaritan, they were probably trying to stop him from getting at the feet of Jesus and worship him. Maybe all the voices of 2020, 2021, the cultural voices saying, what a horrible year. And your heart responding, amen to that. It was a horrible year. Maybe all those voices don't want you to worship God with thankfulness during this time. But look, notice how the Samaritan silenced all the voices around him. He silenced them by worshiping at the feet of Jesus. At the feet of Jesus, the Samaritan let go everything that identified him as a person and embrace a new identity, which is in Christ. You see, that is because at the feet of Jesus, when you're at the feet of Jesus, you're able to look up and see his mercy and his love and his compassion. And that's where a natural worship from the heart with thankfulness come. You're able to see the whole picture. And this picture is what the Samaritan and us, we can experience at the feet of Jesus. 
This is what the Samaritan said in verse 16. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. You see the word here for thanks is not an ordinary word for thank you. It was a word that it was given to God alone. Thank you to God. So at Jesus' feet, the Samaritan is recognizing that Jesus was God himself. So now let's see the last part of the, of the story, which is draw near Christ worshiping with thankfulness. I hope what I made clear today is that worship goes hand in hand with gratitude. Worship and gratitude, they go hand in hand. Read with me verses 17 and 18. Then Jesus answered, We're not the ten clans, where are the nine? Was not one found to return and give praise to God, except this foreign? What did the leopard, this, this Samaritan do when he came back? According to verse 15, he gave thanks. You see, Jesus is saying here, how come they didn't return and do the same thing and give praise? So as you can see, Jesus is saying, give thanks and praise. They go hand in hand. Because giving thanks comes from the worship of the heart. And here, let me, and here comes the $1 million question. Why did the nine lepers did not return to praise God with thankfulness? I'm sure you, you were asking that. Because they idolized. I think they, they didn't come back because they idolized going back to their normal life as the main purpose of their lives. And you see, desiring to return to normality is a good desire. But this desire got so possessed of them that it blinded them. It became an idol that takes your worship from God. This is why you have to examine your heart that the desire for normality doesn't become an idol in you. One thing has taken away from you during this pandemic, a physical possession that you're so endeavored to experience again. Health, freedom, going out to places, going out to Disneyland. What is so bad that, that you want that is not making you Stop and give thanks for, for where God has placed you. Look at verses 17 and 18. Then Jesus answered, We're not the ten cleansed. What are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreign? You see, Jesus is saying here in this passage that the true place of worship is at his feet. When Jesus said, they didn't return to give praise at his feet. When Jesus said, where are the nine? He knows where the nine are. He's God. They're healed and they're getting to Jerusalem. But this expression is an expression of disappointment. Where are the nine? It's an expression of disappointment. And Jesus is not like us. That 
We want to be tagging photos and we want recognition. No, Jesus is not like that. Jesus is disappointed because the lepers who didn't come back didn't understand that the main problem preventing them from worshiping freely was not his leprosy, but his sin. And by not coming back, they, they lost to receive Jesus' forgiveness, which is the best thing you can receive if you have an encounter with Jesus. The Samaritan, because of his leprosy, he was fell from the community of his people and the community of the temple. But at the feet of Jesus, the Samaritan found a new community and a new communion with God. At the feet of Jesus, that Samaritan found the true place of worship, or we can say the true place of worship found him. When Jesus used the phrase, this foreign, Jesus was not being like the other Jews who mistreated foreigns. On the contrary, in this context, he's elevating him by saying the Jews had the right temple, but I couldn't figure out that that was just a shadow. That was just a shadow of the true temple, which is me. Since, since this text is about worship, different scholars have noticed that many aspects of worship, of what we do here every Sunday, are present in the interaction and the conversation and what they do between the Samaritan and Jesus. First, Jesus with this miracle calls him to worship. To which he does at his feet, worshiping with thankfulness. We can assume that at his feet, he's confessing his sin. And Jesus brings the good news to him in form of a benediction, which does what we do at the end of the service. Look at verse 19, and I'm going to read from, from the NIV that, and this part is, is a better translation. It says, rise and go your way. Your faith has saved you. You see, Jesus gives them the good news that his sin has been forgiven. That he can go home. That life may not, when he goes back to normal, life may not be easy. When you go back to normal in a few months, God willing, things are going to be strange. We're not, we're not going to be able to know if we're going to shake hands or not. School is going to be different. Things are going to be different. Things may be hard when we go back to normality, the same as this leper. But we know that we, we can always go to his presence, that there's nothing stopping us to take refuge 
at his feet. And we can worship there in thankfulness. If this Samaritan had made it to Jerusalem, being a Samaritan, he will be probably had spit at. People will probably have spit at, at him. He will probably have a mock. He will probably be beat up, arrested, or even killed. So you see what Jesus is saying in verse 19. He's saying, Jesus is saying, go in peace. I'm the one that is going to Jerusalem. I'm the one that is going to be mocked in Jerusalem. I'm the one that is going to be rejected, spit at, and even killed on your behalf. You don't have to go to Jerusalem. You go home. I'm going to Jerusalem for you and your behalf. Jesus went to Jerusalem to get murdered, killed at the cross on your behalf also. Not just the Samaritan, but Jesus went to Jerusalem for you. To, to conclude, uh, today marks a year since you were able to worship inside. We're getting closer to normality. I mean, we have the vaccine. Um, thank God I got mine on, on, on Wednesday, this past Wednesday, both vaccines, and thank God for that. We, the schools are about to be open. But before we go back to normality, whatever that looks like, take a moment to worship God with thankfulness. Because Christ has removed a real problem. That is our sin. A real problem was not the pandemic. A real problem was our sin. And Jesus removed that and we're able to come to his presence at all times. He removed all the barriers that didn't let us approach God freely. Take a moment to worship God with thankfulness because even to the hottest moments of this pandemic and the hottest moments of your life, you're not cast down from his presence. But you're able to go to his presence. When you lament, when you're crying, in the hottest moments of your life, you're able to approach him. When you have the best moments of your life, you can go there freely again and praise him too. You know why this is possible? It is possible because Christ has drawn near you first. Therefore, worship Him with thankfulness. Amen.